Have you ever gotten dick down so good you went from a doodle to annoyed? I think that if we had to sum up Cool World in one phrase, it would be, Hello, nerds. <laughs> Don't shift your way. Don't stare. And for God's sake, whatever you do. Hello and welcome to March Madness. I'm Sarah. I'm Hannah. And this is the world's only March Madness style Brad Pitt themed podcast where we take two Brad Pitt movies every other week and pit them against one another in order to find the ultimate Brad. This week we're pitting Thelma and Louise against Cool World featuring special guest John Walensky, animator, storyboard artist, Minneapolis native. I assume I, I don't, I don't actually, know. I don't, I don't actually know if he was here. That may be a bald-faced lie. Again, March Madness not necessarily home to the truth, but home to some truth. True. Like the truth that this is not a spoiler-free podcast. Brad Pitt is in all of Cool World and an important part of Thelma and Louise. So if you haven't seen these movies from the early '90s, stop and uh, go watch them. I think that's about it. We're gonna let the gang summarize Thelma and Louise for you. We're not gonna do that, because we actually did a good job yeah, of that this good time. Yeah, we time. We don't have to, we don't have to fix it in post. It's true. So we're gonna jump right, we're gonna get right to it. Get right, get our hands dirty. Without further ado, we are here with Joe, Jack, and Maya, and special guest, John. Hi. John, who are you? I'm a friend of people at this table. Friend of the show. Illustrator, animator. Mm-hmm. All-around good guy. Video game Aww. fan. Yeah, I like stuff. He really likes things. So, <laughs> Thelma and Louise, 1991. Yeah, let me Google it. Sorry. Okay. Thelma. You know what? Throws paper off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ad-lib. This is the greatest fucking movie ever made. It is two women helping each other in the Wild West, getting chased by the FBI for killing a rapist. And, oh, did I mention those two women are Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis? At the time, even still, sort of a, a gender reversal of the traditional buddy cop road movie where it's just, like, two dudes going somewhere. But it's ladies, and it's got pretty much entirely feminist overtones. It's almost kind of a one-last-job movie. One first job becomes yeah, right. one-last job. <laughs> yeah. It was a really bad job. They didn't intend to be out on a job. Okay, so basically what happens is Thelma and Louise live in Arkansas. Thelma's married to Daryl, who's a car salesman. He's just like a douche. Uh, Louise is her friend, who's just like a waitress. Great duo. They sort of sneak out from the men to go on vacation, but it, it goes awry. They kill this rapist guy. Like a revenge kill, almost. Like He said some shit, and they like turned around and shot him. It was great. Yeah, they were like walking off. The majority of the movie is them just sort of like running from the cops, and it just like <clears throat> escalates as time goes on. Yeah, it's because they get a taste of that sweet, sweet bread. Yeah. That's so, what sets them off, actually. So, true, true. It is. Before we get there, it's just like at the end, there's this dramatic scene where they have nowhere else to go. There's the Grand Canyon, because they're trying to make it to Mexico. But they hit the Grand Canyon, and like helicopters and a bunch of cops come, and they're like, we're going to shoot you, get out of the car. And they're like, let's just not stop. Let's just keep going. So then they just drive off the cliff and die. After they kiss. They do! Right. Yeah, but it's not like it's not like a gay kiss. It's like a platonic smooch. One could read it that way. You don't have to tell me twice, but... <laughs> <laughs> so Brad Pitt comes in in the oh. middle of the movie and exits in the middle of the movie. He's just sort of like a second act character. 
shows up as a hitchhiker. He convinces them to pick him up, and Louise is like, mm, I don't know, and Thelma's like, oh, he's cute, even though she has a husband who sucks. She's like sort of looking at him, and Louise is still a little bit sketchy, but Thelma like keeps kind of dragging him along. So what winds up happening is he gets into Thelma's hotel room while Louise is trying to sort shit out, and they bone. <laughs> and then he steals all of their money. God like damn it, Brad. Six thousand bucks. Six thousand dollars that mm-hmm. that Louise had just scrounged up from her from her sort of ex, sort of from her Smash Mouth boyfriend. From her boyfriend <laughs> who looks like he's Smash Mouth. <laughs> all of Smash Theory. Mouth as one person. So that's entirely Brad's role. He's like a shitty dude who steals their money and tells the police where they were going. Yeah, but is very charming. Yeah, he's really charming. He <laughs> seems kind of dumb and like not super aware. Well, part of his whole bit is convincing people that he's harmless in this yeah. movie. Like, he does a good job. Yeah. I never really saw it bad. coming. Yeah. Very boyish Brad. Definitely. Yeah, definitely boy Brad. I think this was a good example of a young Brad done well. Of his young, boyish, charming thing coming across as more in successful. In this is the only thing that got him work until seven. He's, Real. He's never fit a role that he was cast in in any of the movies that we've seen between 91 and the movies we've seen. Agreed. I think he does... What year was Seven? I think that's 95. Okay, you're right, you're right. I think that's sort of right around the turning point, like Mm mid-90s. Like, he's really good in this movie. He sells the role and is charming, and he fits right into the Mm -hmm. piece he's supposed to play in the movie. He's so hot. It blows my mind that this came out before A River Runs Through It. (laughs) And before fucking, fucking three years before Legends of the fucking Absent Fall that we ever see. I'm still mad that there wasn't a fall. (laughs) (laughs) Not not even a river. That's why it's a legend. Uh, Oh, right. Sure. Yeah, so it is, I mean, like, we do talk a lot about Brad's appearance on this show in sort of a superficial way. Just kidding, it's totally serious and heartfelt. It matters. No, it does, it does. He is undeniably incredibly attractive in this movie like his body is really hot and there's several minutes of footage where he's wearing no shirt no underwear blue jeans with the button unbuttoned and a cowboy hat and he's playing with a hairdryer and yeah he sticks it right in his pants it is unbearably attractive and i'm not even the boy lover in this scene he is also teaching thelma how to rob uh, convenience stores and liquor stores, and she uses that information after he steals all their money. And I just kind of waltz on in, and I say, "Ladies, gentlemen, let's see who wins the prize for keeping their cool." Simon says, "Everybody down on the floor now. Nobody loses their head, then nobody loses their head." Uh, you, sir? Yeah, you do the honors. Take that cash you put in that bag right there. You got an amazing story to tell your friends. If not, well, you got a tag on your toe. You decide. Simple as that. Then I just slip on out. And, uh, get the hell out of Dodge, yeah. It did sort of awaken his his lessons, sort of, there's sort of the obvious metaphor of, like, there was that, like, sexual oh, yeah. liberation thing, which was also sort of tied yeah. to their, like, actual branch into crime. Oh, so do we want to discuss my theory that Brad's essence just gets transferred uh, to... <laughs> To whatever partner he he shares a bed with, yeah, yes. like so so sexually transmitted <laughs> brat. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like I mean, he did that, and then like right after that gave her the the motivation to go. I mean, like she was playing the role of Brad in that moment when she was robbing that convenience store. Oh yeah, they show the tape in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, 
I don't know, something about like She's got a real bradness to it. Yeah, she's got a real bradness. And an an effect that lasts. This is the first like great movie that we've watched so far in this whole run. And it was a joy. It was a movie that I actually watched again like two days ago and we watched this about a week ago. Are you serious? Really? She was in town and we were talking about it so oh. I was like yeah huh. alright so that's a little weird are you fucking kidding <laughs> <laughs> it's not weird it's just like it's a long ass movie that's kind of like a it's a lot to stomach I'm glad you did it hey it's two hours of great and like a minute and 30 seconds of stuff that I could squint through I fucking love this movie so much this and movie's like, phenomenal it does like it fucks you up at the beginning because they show a whole lot of rape mm-hmm. and it gets gross but that does set the context for, like... It sets everything in motion. Yeah, like, literally. Like, they're not on a trip with stakes outside of having a good time until they're on the run from the law. Totally, yeah. Can't think of many other better reasons to just shoot a guy in the chest. It's true. <laughs> but the Brad! I was really impressed with this Brad. It was short. He wasn't acting a ton. Like, he was still kind of using his hotness at this point. But I think he was doing really good for the role. I was really happy when we got to see him again getting arrested, and I thought that he did a great job in the police room when he was getting interrogated. Definitely, definitely. I think that's a really good example of the nuance that Brad is capable of. There are a lot of, like, instances of him using subtle gestures to really play off this character, and I think it's really important to note that this is the character that caused him to rise to prominence. Like, this is the role that cemented him as someone that Hollywood was going to take seriously, which I don't think we've mentioned yet. And I think I think Joe said earlier that this is, like, what he's been banking on until 7, and I would, like, completely agree with that. Since a lot of the movies we watch are early 90s, there's sort of, like, a shift from just, like, this dumb boy character, just, like, kind of ragdoll boring. And then the spark that he gets is sort of this, like, half playing the idiot, half playing someone a little bit crazy that you just get little bits of. You get these little moments of chaos. And I think that this Brad is really good in his charade, but I don't think the darkness of him goes far enough. It's not all the way there. We don't get much backstory from him in this movie at all. He plays a role, he plays a part, and we don't really know who he is in these other movies. They give him an incredible backstory. They spend a whole movie on it, and I don't give a shit about him, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but the performance that he gives is actually magnetic here, and it's the beginning of like the cocky Brad Pitt that we see a little bit of in The Mexican that we see in Mm -hmm. Ocean's Eleven. Don't you think that given that character, he could have pushed it a little more than he did? I think so. Like, I think he was great. Don't get me wrong. I think he acted really well. But knowing what he's capable of, the reveal of his, like, actual, like, evil character when he's talking to the cops is pretty boring. Like, it's, yeah. like, mm-hmm. it's kind of just the same guy. Yeah, He's just it's, sort it's of not like too a, different. You know? Yeah. And, like, I could see him having a shrimp cocktail and a big collar. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think he was supposed to look good in that scene, though. Yeah, yeah. That's what I got from it, too. It was just like... Like, there wasn't actually anything backing up What I saw there mm-hmm. was him making the right faces. Like, okay. yeah. being a person who doesn't need to learn and has... Like, he's been he's been through these interviews before. He knows the, like, mm-hmm. how much they have him caught and the right way to be on the cop's side when it's advantageous and they want him to be... They want him to play ball more than they want him to be locked up. Yeah, I, I, I felt like I saw that too, especially when they first started interrogating him. He did look scared for a minute, which I thought was good, and then it was like he went right back to the cockiness. I felt like it was intentional. It's easy to want this character to go in a nocturnal animal's direction, but I think 
that the charmingness that Brad has in this and like the sort of like boys will be boys atmosphere that the movie plays to him makes it almost more effective than a character that's darker. I feel like if Brad Pitt was like darker and more sinister in this movie, I don't think it would be as rewarding. I think it would be too easy to play into that classic con man country road like i'm gonna lock these women up and steal all their money it would also draw so much attention to him yeah yeah. the way that he is like he goes down smooth makes it so that the way that he fucks them over is like quieter um brad is easier to swallow than a lot of the other men well it's like it's like I've seen this movie like three or four times now and I never remember that Brad does that, which I think is like what the character is trying to accomplish is I never remember how bad. Yeah, I never remember how bad Brad fucks him over. But like full disclosure, I'm like not the biggest fan of this movie, so I always forget most of it. (laughs) It's a psychological horror film for me. I don't enjoy watching it because it makes me really anxious and tense and upset. Interesting. It fills me with like a sense of like power and like fuck yeah and like it's two women calling men out on their shit and slowly discovering their self-worth. I think that that's that's what's so powerful about the message of the movie. It's why it's affecting deeply for you Hannah and it's so empowering for um, other people who have watched it here that it has both messages. It has this message of female empowerment and the decision to break free and to do it together and to redefine the world and what's possible for you. And it also does that in a context that was going to kill them from the minute they got in the car and started running away from the police. Mm -hmm. Like, it's been easy to hate all these really bad movies Mm -hmm. and to separate the Brad out and be like, that Brad was a zero out of ten. That (laughs) one was like a a five. We'll take the five. Um, we're gonna like stuff a lot that other people here have no room for, and it's gonna be interesting. For sure. That's a really good point. It, I'm really excited to get into the good stuff. Yeah, take the good and the bread. Hey! John, that's why you're here. <laughs> Start a fight club, Brad reputation. Do we need to OK Google this? No. This fell into our laps perfectly formed. Brad Pitt did his first post-divorce interview with GQ about a week ago when you're hearing this. But this morning, as of maybe four hours ago when we were recording this. Yeah, we already had our freaking Brad Reputation segment recorded about uh, Brad collaborating with David Fincher in World War Z. Well, you're going to hear about that two weeks from now. Now, unless something bigger happens. (laughs) Let me tell you some things about myself really quick. I love celebrity profiles. I keep a catalog of some of the best celebrity profiles that there are. And this one really is up there. I feel like this one replaced the Justin Bieber one. Immediate top three. I have a prediction. Yeah. You're going to own this GQ magazine. Oh, yeah. I was already like, oh, is it published yet? Like, do I have it? I want all three covers. My first thought, because in high school, I got a deal for, like, I found a coupon online that was, like, three years of GQ for, like, a dollar. Wow. Well, I'll do that. Right after my parents got divorced, I had them sent to my dad's house. So every time I had dad visitation days, I would just read GQ, which seems to be something like what Brad Pitt is doing right now in his life. You know what's upsetting about this podcast? I really do feel like we've dug ourselves in a hole where now we can't meet Brad Pitt. But the more I learn about Brad Pitt, the more I want to meet Brad yeah, Pitt. Yeah, no, oh my god. I, I sent this to Sarah this morning. As soon as I was like in my bed scrolling through Twitter. I'm like, Brad Pitt interview? And then I devoured it. And just like so much of what he says in it really resonates. 
It was very good. He's been listening to Frank Ocean. Yeah. He's drinking his matcha tea every morning. He has a statement at one point in the interview where he talks about how, like, we're all creatives and how this move towards sculpture and everything is, like, an attempt to prevent himself from tearing himself apart Mm -hmm. and, like, how it's very difficult to be a human being in this world Mm -hmm. and, like, we just sort of have to, like, do what feels right. Yeah, I see a very sensitive guy. He's sober, he's in therapy, which was really good to hear. An interesting part to me was that he says he doesn't really feel like an actor anymore and he doesn't necessarily want to be pegged into acting. He said he wishes he could change his name yeah. and just kind of start a new thing. And No wonder inter- he's listening to Frank Ocean. I know, right? Uh, the interviewer was asking some interesting questions about, like, do you feel like your reputation precedes you at this point? I feel like Brad is struggling with how to see himself when the name Brad Pitt conjures something outside yeah. of himself. Like, how do I exist as a human when I've become an icon? We're not helping. Or are we? I don't know. We're trying to figure out what this Bradness is. Like, what the Brad we see as, like, a a people is. It's just, it's so fascinating because, like, sidebar, Sarah and I are working on a book project right now that deals with a lot of these themes of addiction and celebrity and identity, which we are more than willing to talk about if you have questions. Ugh, ask me about my OCs. AMA. I have so many thoughts about this, and it was really interesting and very, I don't know, like, affirming to see that voiced by someone in the thrust of it. Absolutely. In the midst of it. So I'm fascinated by this stuff. I mean, how do you be a person when you're Brad Pitt? Yeah. What does that mean? Like, the Brad Pitt making matcha lattes with his dog in his apartment, his divorced dad apartment. How do we reconcile that with Brad Pitt in Allied or Brad Pitt in cool world, this broadness that we're searching for. God, it's a freaking cornerstone. This is a keystone piece right here. I mean, he even dropped his favorite movie. He said The Assassination of Jesse James. And he said that that was the one that probably grossed the least, which like, Brad, may I remind you of a little film called Dark Side of the Sun? Pretty sure that one made less money than Assassination of Jesse James by the comic Robert Ford. (laughs) Maybe you forgot about it. Maybe. He's done so many movies. Well, he said he really liked his kind of goofier movies, and he was criticizing himself for his more serious roles and saying that he didn't really know what that pain felt like at the time and that he was just playing at it. Yeah, I would be interested to see Brad Pitt revisit something like Legends of the Fall now that he's like experienced things as a human being. Absolutely, and we're going to talk about that in regards to Cool World when he's trying to play serious and he's young. Yeah. He hasn't felt that yet. I like that Brad has a similar consensus to what we've come to so far. I agree. It's difficult. I feel like Brad Pitt gets written off as like a bimbo. I don't know, even my mom calls him a trophy wife. Yeah, no, there was there's a lot of there's a lot of deep thinking. I really want to talk. I really want to sit down and talk to Brad Pitt. I think he's very self-aware at this point, yeah. which was cool to read. Yeah. I saw a lot of awareness of like, I'm just a 53-year-old dude and I don't really know anything at this point. I thought I knew, but now I don't. It sounds like he's really trying to put the kids first, which was nice to hear, and trying to move forward in a way that his reputation will speak for itself. His bad reputation. His bad reputation, especially for his kids. My heart goes out to the guy. I think he's really honestly trying to proceed in the best way that he can. Yeah. His whole life has been turned upside down. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's one of the most candid and honest interviews that I've read. 
I highly recommend it. Shout out to Michael Paternity. Sorry if I butchered your name. I took Japanese. I don't know anything about romance languages. But just like for a really solid interview, really good stuff right there, authentically good stuff. Definitely check it out online. It's on GQ. Comes with a really cool photo set with Brad Pitt in a lot of very cool locations. Yeah. Brad's idea. Brad's idea to go to the national parks? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was he, we could have gone, we went to the wrong national parks last Shit, week. Shit, we just went to Yellowstone. Brad. Just missing ya. He was like, Yellowstone's closed right now. We can't go there. <laughs> Brad's smarter than us. <laughs> now I don't have a car. <laughs> Aww. You know, the next mini episode, we referenced my car and I was editing it and I'm like, oh, rest in Poor peace. One so just know that when you hear that, that car is in South Dakota on its way to the junkyard right now. <laughs> anyway, Brad, best wishes. Reach out. Contact at marchbradness.net. Use an alias if you need. Yeah. We don't have a transition to cool world anymore. Oh yeah, that, we can't use that at all. Robert's not living in a cool world now, is he? <laughs> and with that, <laughs> with that, let's go to cool world. Cool world. Uh, so, 1992, American live-action-slash-animated fantasy film. Basically, in, in the sort of, like, intro pre-before time thing, it's 1945, Brad Pitt comes home to Las Vegas after serving in the war. He takes his mama on a motorbike and then kills her accidentally, like, he gets in a crash, and then gets dinner. sucked into Cool World, which is a cartoon, like, 2D animation, dark place. He's still a human, which they refer to as noids. <laughs> cartoons are called doodles and basically then it like fast forward to 1992 present and brad pitt is still down there it's kind of unclear what the fuck happened in between 1945 and 1992 and why they had that jump in time and like what exactly his job is it just sort of you just sort of go along with it his job is to make sure noids don't come to doodle town and doodles don't go to noid town and to make sure they don't fuck yeah, yeah. that's critical. religious police no i don't get it of course you don't get it, because you're a wackadoo. But here you are, Jack. And around here, everything goes, everything except one thing. Yeah, what? Yeah. What's that? Noids do not have sex with doodles. <laughs> right? Noids do not have sex with doodles. It is worth noting that this movie probably ended up being much less horny than it was originally made. That's saying a lot. Yeah, because <laughs> this film, according to uh, the Wikipedia, was originally pitched as an animated horror film about an underground cartoonist who fathers an illegitimate, half-real, half-cartoon daughter who hates herself for what she is and tries to kill him. So that's not what happens in Cool World. We were all expecting this to be total shit, but I think maybe in a different way than it was total shit. This movie has horrible ratings, like... 4% Yeah, single-digit ratings. When I think of an animated movie that is done poorly on a low budget, I think of a lot of budget cuts to the, the craft of animating. But this movie is not that. It is just, there's so much animation happening all the time that the plot does not connect and it like winds up just being this like whole thing where you're like have I seen these characters why are they fucking why are there characters behind them that are fucking like what is it's just too much all the time and you can't keep track of the characters or the plot I feel yeah. like I could watch this like eight more times and still not know You miss so happens. much by not paying attention for a few seconds Sarah would like look down and write something and then look up and be like Wait, when did she get here? And it's like, she's been here for like seven seconds, which is like seven years in Cool World. Absolutely. Yeah. The very beginning, I tried to write down, you know, Brad got in his little motorcycle crash, and I was like writing about that, and then I looked up, and then he'd been in Cool World for like 50 years. <laughs> 
there were there were so many characters in the background all the time doing their own separate things. All of, everything was and moving. And only one Ooh, character that I we have, actually care about. If I may offer a, a Brad comment, he's not good at fake interacting with animated oh, characters. Oh, it's so bad. The shoulder up. Yeah, the oh, shoulder yeah. up was so good. <laughs> he just pinches <laughs> his girlfriend's and shoulder. Then, yeah, and then like he, he, puts, he puts his arm around her and they walk away and he's like, oh, his, yeah. his elbow is like 90 degrees <laughs> and it's just like... But just, do we blame Brad or the animators? The whole movie definitely just looks like cartoon characters drawn on top of a movie. It's not like yeah. Roger Rabbit where they're actually interacting with each other and it feels like its own world. This just looks like we filmed this set and now we're drawing on top of it. And a lot of fucking effort was put into this movie and a lot of it came out shittily. Like, I mean, love you Brad, but a lot of the Brad shit was unnecessary, I thought. Like, it was yeah. pretty embarrassing to watch him yeah. through. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Coming hot off Thelma and Louise. It would have more sense if he had just been a cartoon who didn't want cartoons and noids to fuck. I thought it would have been better. I mean, it, it might have just been, like, entirely over overwhelming, but I was getting a lot of Jim Carrey and Mask vibes. So oh, like, yeah, if, yeah. If, the, if Brad Pitt wasn't doing, like, I'm just... Like a, a weird, boy. a weird serious cop that he can't pull off. Like if it was just some guy who's like all over uh, the place, I would have loved like a to like a flailing face. two arm guy at some <laughs> Chevrolet dealership. Like that would probably be a better protagonist for this movie than Brad Pitt. Yeah, like it's like weirdly boring for how much is happening. Totally, Brad Pitt isn't engaging, and that's uh, why we're watching it. Roger Ebert called it incompetent. <laughs> it was. It was. It was like it's. It's. You can see that yeah. there is. A fair amount of talent being put behind someone, the director, who doesn't know what they're doing, and, like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and it's it's weird that, like, I can't think of another movie, really, that is a wide-release animated film that is so unorganized. Like, yeah, like usually... Like they said, they had to rewrite most of it. Yeah, it just has the feel of something that was cobbled together. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like they just gave, like... A team of 300 people different assignments and then we got them back and then we're like all right put, let's put it together absolutely well, that, that is actually a big part of the process of this film like what ended up happening like <clears throat> so john uh animator as a job illustrator mm-hmm. animator for me knowing nothing about animating this movie seems like a zoo like there's so much going on all the time how do you think that happened i i don't know i i feel like with so many rewrites and changes in the story, I could only imagine that that affected the animation process also, and which was a big reason to why they just hired a bunch of people to do random bullshit and throw the movie together and make something out of it. Like, it's very clear watching it where they took shortcuts and where the budget just wasn't enough for them to do anything that looked very good, uh, i.e. those sets that you like so much that I, I think are just the worst yeah, the set design. It was very bizarre. They would do these, like, three-dimensional but only slightly hand-painted set pieces that looked kind of like community theater mm-hmm. and also sort of looked like they didn't try to f- hide the fact that it was hand-painted, They, it, which I thought it was a really brilliant way to create that middle Venn diagram that we experience of between the human world and the doodle world because it's literally like a a 2D painted 3D object. They had the, they were like creating this effect too where it looked like these objects were in two dimensions, but if you could somehow shift your perspective to yeah. another part of the room, it would mm-hmm. become you would see it correctly. It had a really strong tone to it in terms of 
the look and feel that I was like drawn to. It really felt like a just kind of like this weird dark nostalgia. It was like you're a kid flipping across the channels and you came across something and you're like, oh, what is this? Like, I better turn this off. Okay. I was thinking specifically of that Radiohead uh, music video that they did oh. where it's like the guy oh, gets his arms yeah. cut off. Oh, uh, Paranoid Android. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, I remember like seeing that as a kid and being like, cartoons. And then I was like, oh shit, like I shouldn't be watching this. That's a this. fucked up music video. Super fucked up. Yeah, and I think that like the 90s yes a lot i mean and that's in the canon of music videos coming to be and mtv you know with mtv coming to be it it, it, there's a lot of really interesting experimental animation that happens and cool world totally feels like it's part of that ren and stimpy adult party cartoon mm -hmm. oh god even things even as simple as like toonami like being like (laughs) whoa like sometimes it gets a little edgy and then like sometimes you're watching shit and you're like Oh, this is what's on Adults from at 11 p.m. Yes, like exactly, and it had the sense of like stumbling across something like mm-hmm. that because yeah. it was always it felt accidental, you know. Like, Up late on a sleepover, like oh, exactly. Yeah, it was definitely like not allowed. I feel like if there was just like a total lack of direction, it seemed like Brad had no idea what he was supposed yeah. to be playing. I think yeah. so. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. he's definitely a young enough actor at this point that it's he's just like what the what what. To his credit, I think we were early 90s, I mean, Roger Rabbit, the way we were going back to reference film noir, I think he was doing his best honest attempt at Definitely. like that, that kind of like, I don't need women, I need whiskey, kind of like, <laughs> yeah, just sort of like really tough, bitter, like emotionless, soulless detective. I feel like it's an early version of the Brad Pitt from Seven, where he's sort of a cop, mm-hmm. in, or like a detective in over his head, he's in something that's way bigger than him, that's overwhelming, he is like dutifully on the case, but the case is really happening, I, regardless of whether he's there or not. As somebody who hasn't seen like Seven, I'm, I'm hearing Seven <gasps> referenced a lot, well, how would you describe a Seven Brad? I feel like Seven Brad is a Brad we haven't seen yet. It's leading man Brad, he has more of the unhingedness that you see in Fight Club Brad or 12 Monkeys Brad, but has a certain amount of stoicism that is clearly pulled from your river runs through it, Legends of the Fall. Weird. So it's hilarious that we were seeing that seriousness in this movie. Yeah, definitely. He's he's playing it really, he's playing the straight man in Cool World, I think. For sure. I feel like this is really one of his first adult roles where he's playing a grown-up. It's hard, because this feels like a very weird cross-section between Seven Brad and Boyish Brad. He's all, right, because he is supposed to be young still, because he's like... A, yeah, he's a, just out the woods. Exactly, and he's... He, My, I'm gonna get a He motorcycle. was about to start up his life, and then he got turned into a half-cartoon or whatever. Well, may, maybe that was the problem with him playing this role, is just like... He was too young. I to think play, so. Like, an adult role like that because he's not a fucking adult. <laughs> he doesn't yeah, know how I to feel act like, like an I'm adult. thinking like a coons of some type. He's 28 at yeah, that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Right. He's like, still a boy. That's fine. <laughs> My beautiful baby I'm 27 boy. And I'm not an adult. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, he was 28 in Cool World? Yep. At least. He got a late start. It's been really interesting seeing that. <laughs> it's weird. He got a late start, but he was doing high school roles like yeah. when yeah. he was 27. He looks young. That's the curse of the artist, you know. I think we all agree, Thelma and Louise. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean... Better movie, way better Brad. I mean, that's all you can really say about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, Brad was not good in Cool World at all. Thelma and Louise outdraw Cool World. Cool World Brad maybe could be tolerable when he doesn't have to think about fucking noid doodles. <laughs> <laughs> fucking noodles. Thank you for joining us, John. Do you want to give, like, a shout-out? My name's John Walensky. You can follow me on Twitter, and it's just John Walensky. I'm a guy. 
And I live in Minneapolis. <laughs> I'm around. Tune in next Wednesday for our next mini episode, which is a movie that Brad Pitt should have been in. And tune in the week after that for our next official pitting, which is Sinbad versus California with a K. It's cartoons and serial killers. <laughs> Everyone's favorite stuff. <laughs> If you, yes, you, like listening to us. Yes, us. Tell all your friends. Tell your family. Tell your boss. If you've got like a quarterly review coming up and you want to get on that good side, drop a little Bradness. (laughs) Definitely. Everyone, as we've said multiple times, everyone loves Brad Pitt. If you have not told us personally that you love listening to us talk about Brad Pitt, do it. Go to iTunes. Click on stars click on five of them and mm-hmm. then when it says the little box write a review this part's optional you could just do the stars if you're shy and it means the same to us if you want to stay in touch with us if you want to know what's going on follow us on the internet if you're lonely on the internet if your club penguin account got deleted you can follow us and yeah. we will keep you company our twitter is march bradness our facebook is march bradness and our instagram is march if you're not following you are missing out You could also drop us a line on our contact form on our website, which is marchbratness.net. You can listen to any of these episodes on our website. If iTunes is ever being a little bitch to you, like it often is to me, you can go on our website and listen right there. That's usually what I do. Uh, Also, the website has associated blog posts for several of the episodes. Feel free to poke around, see them. It also has a live bracket, so you can stay up to date as to what is happening. It does. Who's won? Yeah. Where, where are we going? What's what's coming up next? What's happening? Live Ooh. bracket and a spoiler-free bracket. So you can print out the bracket, just toss it around the office. Share it on work. We have a link at the bottom of the website to share us on LinkedIn. You could do that. Share us on LinkedIn with the bracket. Be like, hey, guys, aren't we sad that March Madness is over two months ago? Well, here we are. March Bradness in May. If you're like me and the concept of networking fills you with like absolute dread, just tuck a little Bradness in your pocket and you're good to go. Yeah, it's a it is a real icebreaker. Yeah. Anyway, um have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. This week I forgot my sponsorship. <laughs> but I promise you that if you sponsor us, I will not forget yours. I will make sure to mention it at the drop of a hat. If you, if you Lego are like, yo, we love March Bradness, I'll be like, oh, you know what they should have? They should have Lego Brad Pitt in California. I'll do it. I will get that product sponsored. Give us a shout out. Give us a ring. Send us an email. Contact at marchbradness.net.